Okay, Shalom Aleichem, very exciting, we're starting off the Sechus Ksubis. In order to fully grasp the Sechus Ksubis, I'm going to start off with two sources from the Chumash that talk about different concepts that are going to be coming up. And once we start that, we see that we have enough background information, then we'll start the Din of the Mishnah. So the first source here I brought you is a is in Pasha Mishpatim, it says, Yimoyin Yimoyin Aviyah Lesita Lai. So here it's talking about the case of Onus and Afata. Onus and Afata is a place where a person forced himself upon a woman against her will. There the Torah says, then if first of all he has to marry her, and if he doesn't want to marry her, then he has to pay the father. So this is where it's referring to in our Pasuk. So the father surely refrained, withholds from giving to him, her, to his daughter, to the person, the Ma'anis, as a wife, then kesef yishkol kemoy habasulos. They'll take money kemoy habasulos, like the price, the value of the basulos. So what's that mohar habasulos? So from here we already have an allusion to the fact. Maybe this is makor, maybe it's not a makor. It's a discussion. But the ksubas, the rice, the rabbanon. We're not going to get into that now. This is still later on. But it's a discussion whether the ksubas, the rice, or the rabbanon. But on the side, it's the rice. So this would be a source for it. If not, it's an allusion to it. That there's a concept called a meaning to say that there's responsibility, a financial responsibility from a husband towards his wife, that first of all, if he passes away, that she'll have some financial um, backing, <coughs> she'll have some financial you know, backing to make sure that she's able to provide for herself right after her husband passes away. And secondly, she'll take all the pain of the tzia, that he shouldn't be able just to divorce her Whenever he feels like it, there's a, a financial tie between the husband and wife to ensure that she also has security in the marriage. Now we see already an allusion to it here. Kamara Basulas is the value of the Basulas. Now the way that is, we'll see in Mishnah's later on that for a girl who's a Basula, it's her first time getting married. There, the din is that he is Machayv Tur, Masayim Zuz, 200 Zuz. And for Almana, a lady who's been married before, now she's getting married for a second time. There, the the ksuba is a hundred zuz. And that's one parsha. The second parsha I brought for you here is a parsha of Motsi Shemra. Motsi Shemra is the discussion of the first case of, the case of our Mishnah. And there is an interesting, it's an interesting case. The situation is as follows. A man marries a lady, and after he marries her, he feels like, you know what, she's not the right one for me. He doesn't like her. So... One thing he could do is just divorce her, but if he just divorces her right away, it doesn't look nice. So what's he do? He blames it on her. And he says, you know what? I consummated this marriage, and even though she told me that she was a virgin, she wasn't a virgin. I could tell when we uh, consummated the marriage, she wasn't a virgin. So there's two different scenarios that can happen here. One is, the girl's father and mother can come, the hitzias basuli hanaira, they can prove that the girl was a virgin, to the city judges in the court. Now, how do they prove that? That's already discussion. What's considered? Yes, a proof, not a proof, but that's beyond our, the need for what we need for right now. But either they can prove she was a virgin. And the girl's father claims, I might have my daughter married this guy. She didn't, he didn't like her. So what's he do? He's promulgated... Libelous words. I didn't find your signs, daughters. Uh, your daughter's signs of virginity. And these are the proof of my daughter's virginity. And he spread a cloth in front of this, uh, the ziknayir in front of the judges. And so will happen. If that's true, then they'll give him malchus. The shaftim will give him malchus. They can make him pay a hundred. A hundred kesef, hundreds of kesef. Menos knew the avi and Iron. He gives to the girl's father. Because he slandered this girl. And then he has to marry her. He can't divorce her ever. That's one scenario. He lied. We caught him in a lying. And then he gets Malchus, has to pay money and marry her. But what if the allegations were true? Then the din is, We'll take the girl to the entry of the house of her father, and she'll be stoned to death. Why? 
because she did a disgraceful act against Klaus, or Elizabeth Beisavia, to be promiscuous in her father's house, and that you will go ahead and eliminate the evil within you. So there we see already there's two different parshias. One's the parsha of a concept called Ksuba, and the other din is a concept of of a Metsi Shemra, that a person, when he gets married, can go ahead and make a claim, whether it be true or not true, make a claim that a girl was not loyal to him, she was promiscuous, and that's going to go ahead and cause us to go and research what happened, it was true, it was not true, and we'll act in the suit. So now, since that's true, with that background, let's go ahead and then start the Mishnah, because the of the will start the Mishnah, We'll just say pshat, and then we'll start asking questions. V'chaheinu, v'chaheinu. So says the Mishnah, B'sulah, this is the Yom Ravi. A virgin, a B'sulah, gets married on Yom Ravi, on Wednesday. And a widow gets married on Yom Chamishi on Thursday. Why? Because twice a week, the base din, the courts, sit in the cities, b'yem ha-sheni b'yem ha-chamishi, on Monday and on Thursday, shim ha-yel ha-tainas b'sulim, because if there be a claim that she wasn't a virgin, ha-yem ha-shkim din, we want him to go ahead and run straight to base din. And so in order to make sure that what? We'll see. Why? What's the point of running to base din? What's he accomplishing when he's running to base din? But we want him to run to base din right away. That's the din of a Mishnah. So in the Mishnah we have two different cases, Besula, Almana, and the reasoning is because we want him to run to Beistin. That's the basic read of the Mishnah. So now even before seeing Rashi Atesvis, there's, you know, I think six questions we could ask already on the Mishnah itself. Some of them are more Pshat-oriented, some of them are more Lamdish, but six basic questions. So let's start. Besula Nisus Theam Revi, so right away, it's clear that there's two separate dinim. There's one din for a basula and a different din for almana. And those two things, that means that there's two, integrally, inherently, there's two different categories of nisuin. That's very interesting, right? We wouldn't know why that is. And from first glance, marriage is marriage. So if you're getting married, who cares if you're basula or nisua? That's question number one we have to ask. Question number two we have to ask is that once... That's true, that there is a distinction. So why does that distinction result in different days? Right? How come, very good, there's a difference between a basula and almana. But what about basula makes it that Yom Revi is the basic time that she should get married, the assumed time she should get married? And what is it about almana that Yom Chamishi is the time that she should get married? Now, what do we want? We have basula and Yom Revi, almana Yom Chamishi, now he went to Bastin. Now what happens when he's in Bastin? What's the point of that? He's time, he went to file a complaint, he's going to get the Ksuba, he's going to get divorced. What's he doing in Bastin? What's, what's the Bastin doing? Right? Question number three. Number four. Uh, well, let's, let's go slow. The Mishnah just told me that Bastin sits twice. Bastin sits on Yom Shani. And Beistin also sits on Yom Chamishi. The whole point of getting married on Yom Ravi is what? Is so he can be mashkim the Beistin. So he gets he married Yom Ravi, consummates the marriage on Wednesday night, and Thursday morning he's in Beistin. Beautiful. Why don't we have the same exact thing with Sunday? Get married Sunday afternoon, and consummate the marriage Sunday night. Monday morning you're in Beistin, Mazel Tov. <laughs> Sunday night football, what's the issue? Why can't, why can't you get married on Sunday? So that's the fourth question. Question number five. You know, we have two different categories here, a basula and an amana. So now, if that's true, we have two different categories, a basula and amana. What happens if I have a case where a girl is a basula and also an amana? I, how could that be? So I'll tell you a story. Ruvain and Sarah fall in love. They get this Kedushin. Twelve months later, like we'll see, there's something called Nesuin, and they're standing under the chuppah. She walks around them seven times. Shava Brachos, beautiful, everyone's crying. And right after they break the glass, boom, Ruvin falls down. He had a heart attack, and he died under the chuppah. Now, Sarah's heartbroken, obviously. 
until six months later, she meets Shimon. And she goes through the same exact process, and she's standing under the chuppah with Shimon. And now they're about to read the ksuba. So now, first of all, what day of the week is it? Is it a Sunday? Is it a Wednesday? Is it a Thursday? So on one hand, the fact that Reuven died under the chuppah is we have clear, clear testimony that that marriage was never consummated. That was never consummated. She's still a basula. On the other hand, she both had Kedushin and Nesuin. So that means that she's Namana. When does she get married to Shimon? She gets married like a Basula on Yim Revi, but she gets married like an Amana on Yim Chamishi. That's a Bam Kasha, Lam Deshakasha. Obviously, it's going to determine what's the point here, what's the Basula Nisseis, why is Amana, right? But once again, to the Taimim, we'll be able to answer that question. But that's a question you have to ask. Kasha number six. Is it a Diktuk? Like a question, Diktuk. The, the Mishnah says an interesting language. The Mishnah says, What's that mean, What do you mean, Hayamashkim the Beistin? sounds like it was in the past. That's right. What's the Haya? So, before looking at any of the Rishinim, those are the six questions I would ask. Number one, why is it that Basula and Almana are different? Number two, why is that distinction result in a marriage on different days, Basula being Yom Revi and Almana Yom Chamishi? Number three, what's the point of Ashkam and the Beistin? Number four, if the points for being Mashkim the Beistin, why not get married on Yom Rishon also? Number five, what's the din of a Basula and Almana? Number six, what's the language of Haya Mashkim the Beistin? Now that we saw that, so then let's see Rashi. So Rashi says, Basul and this is the Imravi, Tachonus Chachomimhi, it's an enactment of the sages, Shtinosibi Revi Bishabbis, that she'll get married on Revi Bishabbis, Kirmaforsh Taimo, like the Gemara is going, the mission itself is going to explain. The mission is going to explain that what, why Dafka Revi? Now, says Rashi, Shepalamayim Bishabbis, Abisula Koi, Referring to a, a, a basula, b'sheinu v'chamishi, so explains Rashi, achas me'esa takonos tikin Ezra, is one of the ten takonos that Ezra established, the above a kama the perik meruba mefaris akulu, and above a kama and perik meruba the seventh perik will explain all what those ten takonos were. Ulakach tiknu shetinose berivi, and this is the reason why they established to get married on rivi. Because he would claim that she wasn't a virgin. He'll go to Beistin while he's still upset. Because of this time between, that maybe he'll, if he waits, maybe he'll be appeased. And he'll calm down. And he'll keep her married. And maybe... That's a bad idea, because perhaps she actually cheated on him. Vanessa love, and she became forbidden. like we derive in that she went into seclusion, she became tame. And therefore, we see that a lady who cheated on her husband is also to her husband midaraisa. So, what's the point then? Let me take over the Bastin, That since he's coming to Bastin now, yisbara davar you know, the matter will be clarified when the rumors start going out. And maybe Adam will come. The Gemara is going to ask later on, so get married on the first of Shabbos. So now, this already is a Latin Rashi. That's the basic read. And then let's try to break into Rashi also. So the first Nakud in Rashi I want to stand on and work on is... Is the, the first Rashi and the last, the very end of the Rashi on the Mishnah. The first Rashi says, Basul and this is the Imravi. Basul gets married the first, on the Wednesday. It's a Tachonas Chachamimhi that she get married on Shabbos. So, Bishlama, you know, what has, so, so the, our question that we're asking, even on the Mishnah, is so why not Yom Rishad? Right? Why not Rishad? So now, the fact that Rashi says that the Takanas she should get married with Ravi, it's very, very stark that Rishon doesn't work. Why it doesn't work? You're not allowed to. Now, Rashi tells us, that means that Rashi, already at this stage of Rashi, is well aware 
of the end of the Mishnah. Meaning, you could have thought that Rashi is only being mafarish to the Mishnah as the Mishnah itself is developing. The fact that Rashi ends off kid mafarish time, that means that he knows the end of the Mishnah also, and he's explaining even the beginning of the Mishnah based off his understanding of the end of the Mishnah. Now, the end of the Mishnah says what? So even though Rashi is aware already at this stage of the Mishnah, that what? That the end of the Mishnah tells us the whole reasons for Yashik and the Beistin. Nonetheless, Rashi is willing to say that, you know what? The whole Takana is for Ravi. Nothing. What happened to Yomrishan? Questions? No questions? Empty. Nothing. Comes along Rashi at the very end. After he's explaining why there was Bechlala Hashkama the Beistin, what are you trying to accomplish there? And Rashi, as like an afterthought, says, Oh, you know what? The Gemara is going to ask you, Oh, why didn't they get married on, on Sunday, actually? It's a good question. Why didn't Rashi ask that right away? Ask that on the, on the din of the Mishnah. So if he didn't say, He didn't tell me that he's taking the whole Mishnah into account. I said, fine, I'll tell you he's not taking the whole Mishnah into account, and that's why he only talked about the din of Ravi. But once Rashi is taking the whole Mishnah into account, and the Mishnah says explicitly, so then, why, why in the world did Rashi wait till the end of the Mishnah to say, Ask already, and then the first time, Why did Rashi wait until the very end of the Mishnah? Pella. That's question number one. So that's our seventh question, our first question in Rashi. Question two in Rashi, question eight in total. Is Shapa'amayim B'Shabbos, says Rashi, Abbasulakoi. So what's Rashi doing? What does Rashi want from that? So what Rashi's doing is he's making a split in the Mishnah. If you're in Shear, in a Gemara Shear, later on in your life, that's not, you know, a continuation of a writer. But in a Gemara Shear, where they're not trying to cater to language differences, etc., they're going to tell you this is something called the second Kharifa. They made a second Kharifa in the, in the Mishnah. Second Kharifa means a sharp knife, meaning to say they cut the Mishnah in half. There's two different parts of the Mishnah. Part number one of the Mishnah, Rashi's telling us, Besula Nisus Theim Revi, a fact, a halacha. Halacha is a virgin gets married on Wednesday. I'll tell you another fact, Almana Liyem Chamishi, and Almana gets married on Thursday. Period. That's the end of that stage one of the Mishnah. Stage one of the Mishnah tells me two different days that people get married. Now, comes along the Gemara and says a whole new explanation. Says the Gemara, now that I've told you the dinim, let me go ahead and explain to you the first din. So says Rashi, Those halachas, I just told you two halachas of when people get married. You should know that the second half of the Mishnah, is only explaining basula, it's not explaining almana. And that lachora, we'll see soon, is going to be very, very clear. Even from the Mishnah, it's clear, right? There's something called the tainas basula, and he's claiming she's not a virgin. So if she's not almana, so it's actually quite straightforward that she's an almana. The assumption is she's not a virgin. So the whole explanation of the Mishnah is not relevant to almana. Whereas when it comes to the dinner besula avada, it makes sense. Shabbos is based in and I make a claim. Tainus besulim. Based off Rashi's reading the Mishnah, we can go and answer one of our questions already. What's the din of almana? Did Nicholas of the chupa? That almana that went and got married, even though but she was a virgin. So, inasmuch as the Tainus Besulim still applies, it's still a din of Shaim and Mashkin the Beistin, the Swara of Besula applies even to that Almana, Pashtus is, that she'd have to get married and you We'll bring a riot to this from the Rambam. I'm not sure if we'll get to it today, but if not today, for sure, next week. Another raya that that Almana Mina Anasuin, Almana Mina Irisin, either way, is going to be still considered a Besula regarding this din. That also Rabbi Kiva Ega and the Mishnayis, I didn't bring it, Rabbi Kiva Ega and the Mishnayis, Esses Kasha, he also goes that way. That Amman Aminam Eresin is also, gets married Yem Revi. So now, what's the third question? The third question is, that we have in Rashi, is what's the point of being Mashkim the Beistin? What's the point here? So Rashi says, that what? Two different things. Shemi Espais with Tiskar and he wanted to make a claim. Because maybe she cheated on him. That's one thing. And then he continues with a funny thing. What is that? We're trying to make some kind of a bureau? We're trying to make a clarification? 
It was very interesting. A clarification of what? Of she cheated? They're Edom and they're not Edom. No, we're trying to find Edom. We're trying to make up rumors, and through the rumors, Edom are coming. And we don't even know if Edom exists. It's only a Shema Yavo Edom. It's very, very interesting. So we're going to need to explain this din of Rashi. What's this beer that's occurring, and what's the point of it? Now, before we delve more into that question of the beer, in as much as we're going ahead and we're trying just to get clarity in the, in the Mishnah, Tesis is all made on three technical diukim here. Tesis is first bothered in the Mishnah. This is going to be our ninth question, or tenth question, I'm sorry, in the Mishnah. That it says, Besula, why doesn't it say Habesula? Right, the same way it says Aisha Niknis, and we say that Hayavama uh, Niknis, should we say Habesula Nisais? So Tesis has a precedent here that any time it's Ksuba Bekral, any time it's based off a Pasuk, then it starts with Ha. But here, Besula is not based off a Pasuk, at least not explicit in the Pasuk, that there's a Din of Yom Revi, that at least at the Kana for sure is not explicit in the Chumash, because the whole thing is a Din de Rabbanan. So there, in that regard, I can't say how Besula Nisais, because it's not talking about a Din de Raisa. That's the first Din Tesis. This is a problem. What about Evid Ivri? It says Evid Ivri as opposed to Evid Evid Havri. Tosa says it's too it's too Meirich. The the Gemara when the Mishnah wouldn't speak like that. If it said Ha Evid Ivri, would mean the Evid of a Jew as opposed to a Jewish Evid. So it had to say Ha Evid Ivri, and that's too verbose. So it just reverts back to Evid Ivri, even though it's based off a pasuk. And then Tosa says there's another exception, the other direction that whenever it's talking about Isha Isha, that could also refer to the Hey, even though. Even though it's not based off a pasuk, that's Tesis. Now, as Tesis, why does it say Basula Nisis? Why doesn't it say Nisinus Abasula? The same way we say in Kedushin Haish Mekadesh, it sounds like it to be proactive. And the Mishnah Express being proactive is advantageous, as opposed to the Mishnah just expressing something passively. Haisha Nisis, that's it should say Nisinus Abasula. So there, Tesis has a few answers here. The first answer is. That it's preferable to answer, to say it in the shortest way as possible. So, Melissa Basula is a longer, takes more letters to write than Basula Nisais. There's a Gemara Psalchim, a famous Gemara Psalchim, the Gemara says that Chayiv Odin, Lamud, Torah, Balashim, Ktsara, you have to teach your Talmudim Torah in a short language, the Ramam explains, because it's easier to remember. And therefore, the Pashtis is, is using that to explain why it has Basula Nisais in the passive, because it's shorter, it's easier to remember. That's just his first answer. The second answer is that if we thought, if you said that Nusinus Abasula, you would think it could even be Bokorcha against her will. The same way we have uh, in the first paragraph of Kedushin, it says Aisha Niknis, and according to one explanation, the Gemara, the reason says Aisha Niknis is to tell you that it can't happen against her will. So, so too, when it comes to Nusinus Abasula, it says Abasula Nisis to tell you that it can't happen against her will. That's another explanation of the Gemara. According to Tesis, and third explanation is that when it comes to Haish Mekadesh, Haish Mekadesh is talking about a pasuk ki isha. In the same way that the pasuk is talking to the man in the action, that's the why there's a preference of doing it actively because it mimics the pasuk. But since anyway, Basula Nisais isn't mimicking a pasuk, then there's no advantage to having it in the passive or the active. That's the Hatisis wants to explain why it's in the passive, Basula Nisis. Why does it say Liyemir Avi? And as Tisis, it should say Lelel Chamishi also. Why does it have to be the Nisuan's only happening Wednesday afternoon? Let the Nisuan happen Wednesday night also. Why not? So Tisis wants to answer there's a Gemara, the famous Gemara Nida. The Gemara Nida says, Every Ksuba has arguments. At the end of the day, Ksuba. Even though nowadays it's very customary to, you know, get a fancy ksuba and there's pigeons and pomegranates and, you know, leaves and gold and whatever there is. You had to make it very beautiful and you hang it in your living room. But practically speaking, it's a, it's a, it's a legal contract. It's a, a technical monetary contract, contract between what the obligations are between husband and wife. And since that's true, like every legal contract, the husband has his legal team, the lady has her legal team, and they work out a deal that everyone's comfortable with. That takes time. There's arguments. And what do we want? We want that all that legalities get taken care of so that Wednesday night they can consummate the marriage. Because if they don't consummate the marriage Wednesday night, then the whole takana of the mission is irrelevant. But if they would only have the Nisuin coming Wednesday night, 
So then, once they start in the suwan, they start talking about all the details and the politics and the ksuva. So it might already be Thursday morning, and they're not going to be able to consummate the marriage before Beistin. So when able to ensure that the Takana stays in set, therefore, they're going to go ahead and actually make that Takana, so it has to be that the Nesuan's happening by Yerim. Set was those three Tesis in. So now that we saw Tesis, I want to see a Gemara, and in light of this Gemara that we're going to see together, I'm going to revisit the Din of the Mishnah and try to get a better understanding of it. So the Gemara here starts on the bottom of Chesam and Beis. Amir Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Elazar says as follows, If a guy claims that he was found a Pesach Pesuach, he just gets married, he consummates the marriage, and when he consummates the marriage, he thinks that she wasn't a virgin. It's something he could tell experientially, and therefore he is very upset. So he comes to base and makes a claim. Pesach Pesuach Matzalsi. I consummated the marriage, and my wife wasn't a virgin. So says the Gemara, Neman Yisraelov, that he's believed to create a prohibition through his claim. Now we're going to see momentarily what's that mean, the exact degree of his Neamonis, why do we believe him, he's an Eid Echod, and why is he able to create a prohibition, all these are great questions, and Mir Tashem, when we get to the Gemara Naftes, we'll discuss it. I, we are going to make daft tests, even though we move like snails, because we're going to skip some Gemaras in order to get there. But this is Mamish, Gvaldika Sugya, fundamental Sugya, Ksubis daft tests. If you ever say that to anyone who learned in Yeshiva for more than two years, they say Ksubis daft tests, they either get excited or they shake from the trauma of the difficulty. So, Mir Tashem, we're going to be excited about it. But. Uh, Either way, he's Neman Israel of, and he makes this claim he's believed to make a prohibition. Yes, the Gemara, Amai Sveik Sveikahu. Why is he believed it's a Sveik Sveika? What's it mean? Well, let's read through the Gemara and then we'll explain it. First, the Suffolk Tachtav, Suffolk Eno Tachtav. We have a doubt here. First of all, one doubt is when this girl had relations where she lost her virginity. Was it Tachtav? Was it after Kedushin? Or Ein Tachtav? Was it prior to Kedushin? And therefore it was prior to Kedushin, so obviously she's still permitted to her husband. She didn't cheat on him. The Imtimti Loima Tachtav, and even if you want to say that she had relations with another man after Kedushin, that normatively would prohibit her, nonetheless, there's still a suffix. Suffix, Belenis. Maybe those relations with another man were against her will. And therefore, she's still permissible. A Safik Biratan, and maybe it was consensual, and there she forcing be Asa. But since it's a Sveik Sveika, yes, the Gemara, we shouldn't be able to create a prohibition. Now, from this, I see multiple things. Number one is follows the man comes in and makes a claim. Now, when we believe him, what's it mean we believe him? We believe him that what he said is true. So, therefore, that means that when he comes in and makes his claim, we believe that he experienced a Pesach Pesuach. And that the girl was actually a Pesach Pesuach. Now, comes along the Gemara and says as follows. Very good, she was a Pesach Pesuach. Now, what are the halachic ramifications of her being a Pesach Pesuach? How does that relate now to her on a halachic plane? Says the Gemara, it doesn't. She shouldn't be also. Why not? Because you have a Sveik Sveika. What's a Sveik Sveika? We know that we deraisa. If you have a Suffolk, we say Suffolk deraisa lechumra. And if we have a Suffolk derabonon, we say Suffolk... The Rabban and the Kula, the din of a Sveik Sveik is that even on a Din Deraisa, the only time we say Lokhumra is when there's one doubt about a Din Deraisa. But if we have two doubts on a Din Deraisa, something called a Sveik Sveika, even there it's mutter. So even though a lady who cheats on her husband is also to her husband, Mideraisa, says the Gemara, inasmuch as you have a Sveik Sveika, a suffix, whether it was before or after marriage, and another suffix that even if it was after marriage, it was consensual or not. Therefore, we should still be permitted. That's the Gemara's question, and therefore, question, how could Rabbi Elazar say that we believe him to create a prohibition? There should be no prohibition, even if we believe him, she should still be with Teres, she still be allowed to be with her husband, because of a Sveik Sveika. Then the Gemara qualifies. We're only talking here about a case of an Aishas Kohen. Why does Aishas Kohen help? Because the din of Aishas Kohen is that a lady who's married to a Kohen, if she has relations with another man after Kedushin, even if it's against her will, non-consensual relations also prohibit her to her husband. 
So in the case of an Ashes Koli, it mitigated one of the doubts. We have a doubt, Suffolk Tachtov, Suffolk Enotachtov. Was it before or after Kedushin? But if it was after Kedushin, the doubt of Onis Aratzin doesn't make a difference, because either way she's going to be also to her husband. So that made it that in the case of Ashes Koli, when he claims Pesach Pesuach Matzosi Nehman Israelov, why? Because in the case of Ashes Koli, we only have one doubt. Was it before or after Kedushin? And they will say, Suffolk the Rais of the Chumrah. So therefore, that's the Gemara's first answer. How could we say, Rebbe Lazar Oimer, Pesach Pesuch Metzalsi Neman Yisraelov, that's only referring to an Eishas Kohen, Riba Zemo, or we could say, Be'eishas Yisrael, even if a girl is married to a regular Yisrael, not a Kohen, but we'll qualify it as an example, the Kibbal Ba Aviyah Kiddushin Pachus Mevazkemoshan Aviyah Mechod. We're talking about a case here where a father accepted a Kiddushin when she was younger than three years and one day. Now, who cares if she got Kedushin less than three years and one day? So it's as follows. The reason why a person can claim Pesach Pesuach is because on an anatomical level, a lady, when she's a virgin, has a membrane that's covering her genitalia internally. That's called the hymen. Now, when she consummates her marriage, upon consummation of the marriage, that membrane breaks. And that happens through the consummation itself, the act of consummation. So now, the claim of Pesach Pesuch is that when he consummated the marriage, that membrane wasn't there. That was something which is experiential. Says the Gemara, or the Gemara is assuming that if a girl were to, that membrane was to break inside of a girl before the age of three, then the membrane would regenerate. That's what it means. The membrane would regenerate, it was a wound she got, and it would regenerate. But if she lost that membrane after the age of three, then the Gemara assumes that it would not regenerate. And that's when the claim of Pesach Pesuch becomes relevant. Now, since that's true, so the Gemara says as follows, if the girl accepted Kedushin before the age of three, that means that if he's claiming Pesach Pesuch Metzasi, that means that that membrane which was lost had to have been broken after she was the age of three years old. And since that's true, so that's the re- that, and then we know that to be true because it didn't regenerate. If it was to happen before the age of three, it would have regenerated. So now that she lost that membrane and it was still gone, that had to mean that she lost it after the age of three. So that's true, we lost one of our doubts also. We've mitigated that, the doubt of Tachtav or Eno Tachtav. We have a suffix before or after Kedushin, that's not true. And as much as the membrane didn't regenerate, it for sure happened after Kedushin, and therefore we only are left with one doubt. Was it only Saratzan? Was it consensual or non-consensual? And therefore that would be another expression, another manifestation of a case where the husband can come make a claim, and his claim creates a reality, it creates a situation of Suffolk Daraisa Lachumra. So we have two different expressions of that. We have Ba'atham, most ladies are going to be a Sveik Sveika. Most ladies are going to be permitted even if he comes and makes a claim. And even though that's true, the Rabbi Elazar still says it's din regarding Aisha's Kohen, because there is only one doubt. Was it before? Did the relations happen before or after marriage? And if it were in the case of Pusan Baskimel, where she got the Kedushin before the age of three, and there the whole doubt is only was it consensual or not, because we know it had to happen after Kedushin. That's the Gemara we see on Daftas. Now in light of that Gemara, let's revisit our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, Basula this is the Yom Ravi. Basula this is the Yom Ravi. The Basula gets married Yom Ravi. We saw the Gemara, Rashi, and Tzitzvah on the Mishnah. Did anyone limit who got married on Yom Ravi to specifically be Aishas Kohen, Chusmas Gimbal, did that happen? Absolutely not. There's no limitation, there's no qualification. Rashi, when he explains it in the Mishnah, says it carte blanche, that every single lady is getting married on Yom Ravi. How could that be? Why? What's the point? If the whole reason is, is to create a prohibition, that what? That he's coming to make a claim, Pesach Mosulach Matzalsi, Neman Israelov, that's not true. Most ladies are actually a snake snake. So what are you coming in to Basin for? This is a Pella. This is Mamash a Pella. And this, we're going to have to spend time in Mitzvah Shem. We're trying to develop that today. What's the reason, at least in the world of Rashi, Tasis and Mitzvah Shem we'll get to next week, 
But what's the reason in the world of Rashi that you're going ahead and making such a claim of Beistin? It's Mamish, it's a Chiddush, Mamish a Chiddush. So let's see. So in order to understand the din of this Takana, I brought for you a few more Mekemes. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to try to explain what's the din of Almana actually. Almana Nyan Chamishi. So I brought for you here a Gemara, the Gemara of the Aleph. There's a Brice in the middle of the daft. The Brice says, Toshma, come in here, the Tani Bar Kaparo, Bar Kaparo taught in a Brice, Basula Nisus Brevi, a Basula virgin gets married on Wednesday, and she gets, it consummates a marriage on Wednesday night, which is Yom Chamishi. Why? Hoil Venem Rabbi Brachal Adagim. Since it says a Brachal Adagim, what's it mean that it says a Brachal Adagim? So Rashi explains that in the Maisa Bereshis, when Hashem was creating the world, fish were created on the fifth day, and Hashem said to the fish, You should be fruitful and multiply and fill up the water. So it was a bracha of Pruravu for a person who consummates his marriage, or somehow on a metaphysical level, the consummation of the marriage is a way to tap into that bracha, and a person who consummates his marriage on Kamishi has a bracha in his marriage of Birchas Adagim, of the Pruravu of the Dagim. Says the Gemara, Almana Nisis be Chamishi, but Almana gets married on Chamishi, meaning on Thursday, Nivelis Beshishi, and she gets consummates the marriage Thursday night. Why? Hoil Venemer Bebracha La Odom. There, the whole reason is because it said a Bracha for Odom. Meaning to say, explains Rashi, Hobonod Nema Bracha La Odom, it says, Pruravu Molasa Oritz. But we know what Odom and Chava first. Met each other, Hashem gave them a brach, a command, be fruitful and multiply and fill up the world. So there we have a different pruravu. We have a pruravu of being fruitful and multiplying and filling the world with bracha, filling the world with children. So now, what's the reason then that a mother gets married on Chamishi? Is it to consummate the marriage on Shishi and tap into that pruravu? So now, this is so interesting, right? Is it mamish interesting? Number one is that we have two different brachas of Adam, right? We have two different brachas here. One bracha is a bracha for Dagim, and one bracha is a bracha for Adam. Now, if you're going to ask me which one would I want if I'm getting married, you know, even if, if fish are more plentiful, I would still say I want birchas Adam. Why? Because that was the bracha that Hashem gave to people, and I'm a person. So obviously, the ideal bracha for a human being when he's getting married is birchas Adam. That's kasha number one. Kasha number two is Bar Kapar is against the Mishnah. And then the Mishnah says, what's the reason why I'm getting married? On Yom Levi, Shema either time is Basul and Mayimash going to be in. That's the reason I'm going in on Yom Chamishi. I'm getting married on Yom Yom Levi. It's to go on Yom Chamishi. I'm talking about Kapar. Why am I getting married on Yom Levi? Because Dagin. So how, do, how does Bar Kapar fit with the Mishnah? So that's, a, that's an interesting question. The basic shot that I would, I would think is that the question in itself answers itself. I know there's two different pushes here. There's one push that we want the Tekon of B'Sulim and there's another push that we want Bracha. What Bracha? We want Bracha. So ideally we have Birchas Adam, but comes along Bar Kapar and says a Chiddush. Inasmuch as we have a Din of we want the ability to be mashkim the basin. At the same time, we want the ability to have a bracha. So the way that we can make a compromise is we'll give the basula a bidiyavid bracha, but it's still a bracha pruravu. And nonetheless, that'll still be able to allow for the din of of basula nisseis of ashkam the basin. That's how it would start. Now, if that's true, then, what's the reason why Alman is getting married on Yim Chamishi? What's the Takana? What's the Din of the Mishnah? The Din of the Mishnah, but the same Revi, the Chorah is for Bracha, then. That seems to be for Bracha. So, let's see. I want to bring for you, first of all, I want to bring you a, four, a few sources, and let's see how the Rishonim, the Yushalmi, bring that out. So, it says the Yushalmi, Basulim, this is Yim Revi, and it says our Mishnah, Hayimashkim the Beistin, if you're the Tainas Basulim. The Gemara immediately starts off, Bar Kapara Omar, Mipnei Shekosov Behem Bracha. So the Gemara in Yushalmi presents it seemingly as a machlikis on the Mishnah. 
It's very interesting. There's two reasons I think it's a machlekes in the Mishnah. First of all, it doesn't say Amar Bar Kapara. It says Bar Kapara Amar. And then when it says the subject, and then who said it, then Amar, that usually indicates that it's a, a, they disagree. It's a machlekes. Now they agree, it would say Amar Bar Kapara, if it wouldn't be fighting the din of the Mishnah. But he says Bar Kapara Amar, it sounds first of all like he's disagreeing with the Mishnah. And it's brought immediately after the Mishnah. In our Gemara, there's four dappin before we get to the din of Bar Kapara. The first din of the Mishnah comes along with the Gemara out swinging. Don't think it's Shemaya Bastim. It's not true. Bar Kapara Amar Bracha. Those days are Bracha. So it seems in the Yushami that the only factor in the world of Bar Kapara for establishing which day to get married is the din of Bracha. That, I think. The, the, the Piskim disagree with. First of all, I wrote for you a Rosh in Source 8. The Rosh says, So the Rosh says, Don't think that the whole reason that an Ammana gets married Yom Hamishi is only for Bracha. It's not true. But rather, So that is a, the Gemara quotes this as a Shaktu. Shaktu, Chachamah, to come to space as well, that you should be Sameach Ima Shlesha Yomim. That's a Gemara later on in Dath Heim and Aleph. That a husband who's marrying an Ammana should be happy with her for three days. What's that mean? If they get married, Khamishi, so number one, he's going to be home with her. He's not going to go to work on Khamishi because they're getting married. Number two, since they consummated the marriage on Shishi, so because of Chiba's Bia, because they just became close together through consummating the marriage, so there he's going to stay home. He's not going to go to work on Shishi. And there, that's also going to be another day that they spent together. And that'll lead into Shabbos. And obviously on Shabbos, not going to work. So, besides tapping into the brachas of the rush, you actually have a certain emotional welfare for the wife that we're setting up a situation where definitionally the husband is going to be with her for three days, the first three days of marriage. So, Avada, that's something that we're very, very interested in. So, says the rush, those are the two reasons. So, in the rush, it's very, very clear that the din of bracha is not enough alone to establish a takana of when to get married. Whereas when it comes to the Talmud Yushami, it seems like that would be a reason to stand in and of itself, even against the din of the Mishnah, the Chiddush. Now, I brought for you another din of the Rambam now. The Rambam in Source 9 says as follows, That when a place where Bastin only sits on Sheni V'chamishi, then a basula, a virgin, gets married in Yom Revi. Why? She might the basulim, yashkim the basin. If you had the basulim, then you would go to basin. The minhag chachamim hu. Now comes along the Rambam, b'l'shenu ha-kidosh, b'l'shenu ha-zol, and he says it's a minhag chachamim. It's not a takana. It's a minhag of the chachamim. Shanoi says a ba'ula, a person who marries a ba'ula, yisarena b'chamishi. Kedesh yisameach ima chamishi v'ar shabbos v'shabbos. Why? She married Ba'ula on Chamishi, so be happy with her three days, and Sunday I'll go to work. So there's so many things here dying in here. First of all, he says, No, this is a Ba'ula. He marries a Ba'ula, it doesn't say Amana. So we see clearly this question that we ask What's the din of Amana Mina Erison, a lady who died, but she died, her husband died, I'm sorry, as a virgin, when she was still a virgin? <coughs> so here, it's clear that Rambam's telling us the answer to this din. The only one who gets married on Chamishi is a Ba'ula. Why did it say Almano? Because that was a normative case of where a lady who's a Ba'ula. But the Vada, an Almano that's an Abasula, Vada gets married Yom Chamishi. Yom Revi, I'm sorry. That's, that's already Medeic Hitiv in the Lashon Rambam. Now, secondly, it's only a Minag, it's not a Takana. Thirdly, he doesn't mention Bracha. There's no mention of Bracha whatsoever. He only mentions the Din of Shia Sameach Ima. So, in the world of the Rambam, that's not like the Rosh, not like the Yushalmi. The Yushalmi bracha by itself is a reason to make a takana. In the world of the Rosh, it's a tziruf to shaktu to the bisameachim and yomin. In the world of Ramam, it's not even mentioned. It's Pashat, not mentioned. Now, besides that, I want to say something else. The Rambam starts off and he says, Makam In a place where Bistin only sits Sheni Vachamishi, Monday and Thursday. The implication is that this whole din of the Mishnah is only if Basin sits Monday and Thursday. But if Basin were to sit every day, like nowadays, that Takanas Ezra is bottled, Takanas Ezra they only sit Monday and Thursday, but nowadays Basin sits every single day. So then, says the Rambam, the whole din doesn't apply. 
then it's only in a mokum shebeis in yeshvin el b'shenig v'chamishi. But on a place where basins is every day, the chori get married whenever you want. If that's true, I don't claim that's pshat the mishnah. The mishnah says she might have tainus besulim hayim mashkim the basin. What's the hayah? Because even in the time of the Yehuda Hanasi, there was already based in Yishvin B'chol Yilayim. And since based in was Yishvin B'chol Yilayim, so then, so then, Avada lady can get married any single day. Why? Because every single morning you can wake up and make a Tainus Pesulim. Ah, if that's true, we're talking about after the time of Takanas Ezra, based in since every day, so why bring the din in the Mishnah? Hello, if the din of the Mishnah is a, it's, it's a history book. It's telling us what happened back in the day. The answer is obviously not. So what is it? The Pshat is that if we revert back to a time period where Beistin doesn't sit every single day, that Beistin only sits Shani V'chamishi like Tekanas Ezra, then the din of B'sul Nisisim Ravi will be revived. You'll have to get married to Ravi. Why? Because now we will have to ensure that there's something called uh, a Tekanas Basulim. So when Beistin sits every day, then the whole Dekhana doesn't apply. Then it's a Hayamashka of Beistin. But if the din of Tekhana's Ezra were to be reenacted, we would stop having Beistin sit every single day. So then, so then what? So then, Avada, the din of the Mishnah, would be reverted also. So now, you've explained the din of Almana. The reason for Almana is a three-way Machlekes. Either it's a purely for a shoktu, like the Rambam, it's either a tziruf of bracha and shoktu, like the Rosh, or like the Yerushalmi, it's purely for the din of of bracha. Now, we have a serious issue. At the end of the day, you know, the Gemara only brought, the Mishnah, I'm sorry, only brought a reason for Basilinus Yem Revi. Why did the Mishnah bring a din of Basilinus Yem Chamishi? So maybe you could say, Atarach the Rambam, that the only time there was a Takana was for Basula. And when it came to Amana, there was no Takana, it was only a Minun Chachamim. Maybe that's how the Rama knew it, and therefore the, the mission didn't bring a reason. Maybe that would be an approach. That's one answer. I brought for you here a different approach from the Pnei Yeshua. The Pnei Yeshua says as follows. He says, before the Takana of the Mishnah, then Mistama, everyone used to get married on Chamishi. Why would everyone get married on Chamishi? Says the Pnei Yeshua, because we knew there was something called the Biochas Adam. And the Vada, like we said before, the optimal bracha for any person is the Birchas Adam, because that was the bracha that Hashem said to Adam Bimyuchod. That was the bracha for people. And the Vada, the Pruravu that was said to people was better than the Pruravu that was said to a dog. Pashat. And therefore, that was the Minigal Ilam. Everyone was doing it. So all that Chachamim did was express a new Takana. What was the new Takana? That a Besula should vary from the Minigal Ilam. That even though normally everyone used to get married on Thursdays, you know, Basula is different. We're changing it. Basula stopped getting married on Thursday, get married on Wednesday. Therefore, since the whole Takana was really only changing the status quo of the, of the Basula, there the Mishnah only has to explain the dinner of the Basula. That's, that's why. So the Mishnah says, Basula is which is the Chiddush of the Mishnah, Amman of the Yemen Chamishi, because that always was, that was the Minigal Ilam, now we don't have to explain. So what's left to explain, once we told you the Dinim, why did we change it? We changed it, Shepamayim B'Shabbos Bata Dinim Yishvin. So that's the Yeshua, a new approach to explaining why the Mishnah only came to explain the Dinim Besula, as opposed to the Dinim Ammana. Very, very Gishmak. So now, like we said before already, to go back to what's the point of the Mishnah, what's the Mishnah trying to accomplish through the Hayyamash from the Beistin? In the world of Rashi, the point of Hayyamashkin the Beistin is in order to be Mutsiakil, in order to let out a rumor, and through that maybe Adam will come and things will get clarified. That's the din. So, in the world of Rashi, if we were to ask, why is it that we don't make any distinction between, you know, regular women as opposed to an Ashish Kohen of Chusim the answer is because at the end of the day, if we're trying to clarify what occurred, so clarification is equally relevant to a lady with one suffix as it is to a lady with two suffixes. As long as we're clarifying what occurred here, who really cares what the starting point is? At the end of the day, the name of the game is to clarify. So now I want to show you a tesis, and this tesis is going to be, we're going to focus on this for sure for the rest of today and for sure all of next week. This is a fundamental, fundamental machlekes rashi tesvis. You have to know it.
So Tosis says as follows, Shema Elotainos is going on the din, the explanation of the Mishnah, why Basulun is in And Tosis says as follows, Vim Toimar, and if you're going to say, Hatinach Eishes Koyin, I understand the din and the Mishnah, why they have to come in, why they have to make a tainus basulim if he's married to a, if she's married to a kohen or she was betrothed younger than three, because there there's the leka elachad sveka, because there there's only one suffix that his claim establishes and shall be also like the din of suffix to raise like the gemara says later on the daftes of nashim when it comes to all other ladies that are sveik sveka the ika sveik sveka. There's two doubts, and therefore she's mutera. She's allowed to stay with her husband even after he makes the claim. The Maitin also the Abdalit. So yes, this is our questions. Why is she getting married in Revi? Let him get married any day. Anyways, there's no difference. It comes with the tiniest basulim. Muteras. Answers to this. But Imer Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam says, The low plug Rabbonim betakanta. It's a low plug. And because of the lady who's marrying a kohen, or a girl was betrothed younger than three, they made it to Kona that every lady should get married on Ravi. Now this is wild. This means there's a lopug that even though a Kohanim are one Shevet out of twelve, and it's only one part of a Shevet Levi, it's not even the whole Shevet Levi. So we're talking probably, and it wasn't even a, it was a small Shevet Levi. Levi was a small Shevet. So it's only like 2% of the population. The other 98% of the population were making, get married on Yom Revi so that we ensure that even the Aishas Kohen and the Pekusim Raskimal also get married in Yom Revi. That's how interested we are. We're so adamant that the Aishas Kohen and the Pekusim Raskimal, their husband, has the ability to make a claim and create a Nisar. We're going to make all ladies get married in order to ensure that. That's a Pella. That's Mamish Pella. This is a unique, unique low plug, but Tosis says it. We're going to explain what Tosis pushed there, we're going to get there. That's Hashem, but Tosis says that. Now comes along Tosis and explains Rashi. Rashi says says differently. But in Rashi, Pirish, he explained, that through coming to Bastin, the matter will get clarified, and that witnesses will come, that she willingly, consensually cheated on her husband. That's how he explained to Rashi. So a fundamental machlekes. In the world of Rashi, the whole reason you're coming here is to clarify. Whereas you're coming to the world of Tesfis, you're not coming to clarify anything. What are you trying to do? You're trying to create a prohibition. I, the majority of women, you can't. It doesn't make a difference. It's a low plug. So what's the, what's the Nekudas HaMachlekes here? What are they arguing about? There's something fundamental here. What's pushing Rashi to say the way he is? What's pushing Tesfis to say the way they are? So I brought for you here a Chassam Sefer. Chassam Sefer is in Source 16. Chassam Sefer says as follows. Near the Pluktis Rashi V'Tesvis, it seems like the Machlokas Shem Rashi and Tesvis is Yisveik Sveika She'efsha Davara Sharia Eloi. There's something called Yisveik Sveika She'efsha Davara. What happens when you have a doubt that you can clarify? When you have a doubt that you can clarify, does that constitute a doubt? Is that considered a doubt? That based off of that doubt, you're now able to act within the realm of doubt in halacha, because that considered a suffix, or since you can clarify it, you're not able to rely on it. So he wants to say, that's the machlikis, Rashi and Tesvis. The Rashi, Tzarech Litzorech Levara. And according to Rashi, even if it's a Sveik Sveika, you still have to work to clarify it. And therefore, every single lady, even if she's a Sveik Sveika, go ahead, there's a potential to clarify what happened, Try to find Eden, even though it's only a Shema Yavo Eden. You don't even know if Eden exists, but the potential that there's Eden, that's the din of Rashi. But according to Tesis, it says the whole concept here is to create a prohibition. No one's talking about Yurim, no one's talking about clarifying anything. So what's Pshat in the din of the Mishnah? He's assuming you don't have to clarify a Sveik Sveika. If there's a Sveik Sveika, so you're relying on it. The Torah said it's Mutter. Aye, if that's true, what's Pshat did in the Mishnah? It has to be to create an Isser. And says the, says the, the Chassam Sefer that this Machlikas, whether it's Sveik Sveik or Shav Shadavara, is a Pultis Kadmenin. This is already an old, it's an old Machlikas. The previous people, the people talked about it. I brought for you here just an example. Shechonorach and Hilchas Tarevis and Ashach brings it to Machlikas. Whether or not you have to go ahead and check a Sveik Sveika that you're able to mimvara, a Sveik Sveika that you're able to claim, are you able to rely on that Sveik Sveika or not? 
So just to put it in in short, so now according to Rashi, why is it that I'm clarifying the din of the Sulanisis, the Tainala, the claim of Pesach Pasuach? Hello, it's a Sveik Sveika. So the first answer is because it's a suffix she'efshelavara. Since it's able to be clarified, you have to put in the effort to clarify it before you can rely on the Sveik Sveika. That's the Chsam Sulfur's approach. I brought for you here two other, three other approaches. The second approach I brought for you is Rebbe Kiva Eger. Rebbe Kiva Eger brings from his son Rebbe Shleim Eger a second approach. The Rebbe Shleim Eger is of the opinion that Rashi holds like the Shitas HaRa'ah. The Ra'ah wrote a Sefer attacking the Rashba and a Sefer that he wrote on Taurus Abayas. Taurus Abayas writes on Hilchos of Yodaya, Shechita, Kashrus, Family Purity. And the, the, the Ra'ah wrote a book, a commentary to attack the Shita of the Rashba. There the Ra'ah writes that any time you have a Sveik Sveika, even though it's Mutami Deraisa, it's Asami Derabalan. So every Sveik Sveika... You, the Torah permits it, but Chazal asked it. You can't rely on that Sveik Sveika. So it says, Rishleim Eger, that's Pshat and Rashi. The Rashi necessitates to clarify what happened. Why is that? Not because there's a fundamental principle you have to clarify every Sveik Sveika when you're able to. That's not what he's saying. It says Rishleim Eger, the Pshat is, since there's a Sveik Sveika, it's also Midirabonam. It's also Midirabonam? Whoa! So now you have to go ahead. You want to stay married to her? So then proof that you can marry her. Go get Edom. That's a second approach to answer for Rashi. I brought you here now a Chendesh Lema. The Chendesh Lema says two other approaches, what's going on. The first approach is a Gesmach approach. He says, normatively speaking, when you have a Sveik Sveika, so it's something which is not clarifiable. I have a chicken that I shechted. But after I shechted, I see that, that what? So I see that it was, had a broken wing. So now I have a suffix. Did the wing break before or after I shechted it? And even if it broke before I shechted it, did the wing is only a problem. It only makes it a trefa if the wing punctured, the bone of the wing punctured the lung. So go ahead and check the lung. Right? So that's a sveik sveika. Maybe you can clarify it. The only problem is that the dog came over and ate the innards of the, of the chickens, and I can't check it. So that's a sveik sveika. I'm never going to be able to clarify but here says the Chandesh this is a Sveik Sveika that Aiden can come 20 years after marriage. Whoa, I remember that lady. She was going around. She cheated on her husband. Whoa, you're still married. How could it be? And since that's something which can be clarified, La'achazman, says the Chandesh then you can't rely on that Sveik Sveika. This is a different Sveik Sveika. This is a Sveik Sveika, a unique form of Sveik Sveika that since it can be clarified, La'achazman, you have to go ahead and try to clarify it now. The fourth approach is another explanation the Chandesh offers is that when it comes to Sveik Sveikas, normally the suffix is to all parties involved. No one knows the status of this chicken. But here, there's a party involved that knows exactly what happened. So even though the husband has a Sveik Sveika, the lady knows whether or not she was, she was loyal to her husband or not, she cheated or not. And therefore, we're going to make you clarify, not for the husband. The husband only has a Sveik Sveika and he can rely on it. But when it comes to the lady, the lady doesn't have a Sveik Sveika. The lady knows what happened. And therefore clarify it to ensure that she is loving with her husband, Beheter. That's the stance of the Chandesh Lehmer. So to put it in the summary, in short, we have the din of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, B'Sulun Nesislim Ravi. According to Rashi, the reason B'Sulun Nesislim Ravi and you're coming into based in is to clarify all circumstances. How are you clarifying it? Because you made your claim, Basin's going to put out a rumor, a call, and look for Aiden. Why are you doing that? Four approaches. The first approach, the Chsam Sofer. Since it's a suffix, you can clarify that Sveik Sveika. You're obligated to do so. So go clarify it. You can't rely on it. According to Rishleim Eger, since it's a Sveik Sveika, it's Asamid Rabbanan, and therefore if you want to remain married, you have to clarify it. Approach number three of the Chsam is that even though it's a Sveik Sveika, this is a unique form of Sveik Sveika, that can be that is still open for being resolved, and therefore you have to resolve it in the present. Whereas other normative forms of sveik sveika that wouldn't be true, slightly different than the chasam sofer. And number four is that this is a sveik sveika only to some of the parties involved. But since other parties involved know what happened, you can't rely on the sveik sveika. That's the approach of Rashi and four different interpretations why that is. Whereas in the world of Tosis, it's a whole different explanation. Tosis is not coming to come and clarify the events that happened, find Adim, resolve what occurred. No, Tosis is coming with a mission. 
make an iser, come with a claim, and that claim is going to say, Rebetzin, you have to find a new rub. It's not, you're not, you can't stay married, it's not going to work. You have to make a claim of iser. I, it only applies to two categories of women, low plug. What happened to Sveik Sveika? Sveik Sveika I can rely on. Here it's a whole different agenda. So there's still a fundamental machlokas, however you explain Rashi, of why you're clarifying the Sveik Sveika, that Tosus doesn't necessitate you to do that, whereas Rashi is coming with an agenda of clarification, Tosus is coming with an agenda of creating a prohibition. And Mir Tashem, we're going to pick up with Tosus, what are these faras, what's going on here, why do they disagree, what is a suffix? Next week, Be'ezer Hashem, Yashakach, and exciting to start up together.